When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? Oh, beautiful people, both old, new, returning, and fresh listeners. I'm so glad you're here. I don't know how you found the podcast, but darn it, I sure am glad you did, especially if you are wanting to learn more about how Food and nutrition impacts your workouts and your athletic performance if you are an athlete, which I argue that anybody who's doing intense workouts, whether it's strength training, resistance training, circuits, orange theories, cycling classes, running, even if you're not on a professional or collegiate team, you should still think of yourself as an athlete and therefore you should want to fuel and treat yourself like an athlete. I just, I really believe in the power of the mind. And when you start to believe that you are something, then your subsequent actions support this identity that you have created for yourself. So if you are doing Orange Theory, or if you are doing F45, or if you're just going to the gym and lifting, or even doing home workouts and yoga in your living room, I want you for this podcast to think of yourself as an athlete. And therefore, I'm going to be speaking to you as if you are an athlete. And if you can believe it, or not, (laughs) athletes take their nutrition extremely seriously. So just a little bit of a, a background information here. If you don't know me and you never worked with me one-on-one as a client at Nutrition Awareness, the reason I became a a, a nutritionist, a registered dietitian nutritionist in the beginning was because I thought I wanted to be a sports dietitian, meaning I strictly would only work with athletes or college athletes or professional sports teams. That was my jam. I was all about it. I was super passionate about it. Eventually, I realized that I preferred more of the private practice space and the counseling space and helping people solve more complex issues related to food, but there is a special place in my little heart for sports nutrition, and the beautiful thing is a lot of the people that I work with one-on-one at Nutrition Awareness are also doing some kind of athletic pursuit, (laughs) meaning they are involved in a workout or exercise routine, or they want to be, they're interested in that. And so a lot of the personalized plans that I help athletes and clients create at Nutrition Awareness take a lot of the information about pre and post-workout nutrition 
that we're going to talk about in the next two podcast episodes into account. It's extremely important. And actually what really inspired me to finally get around to recording this episode was because I have a, I have two specifically DAP clients right now. And uh, that's our daily accountability program at Nutrition Awareness. And both of them are doing high intense workout regimens. And while they are trying to lose weight and build muscle, it's easy for them to feel like they shouldn't be eating before and after workouts because both of them have this complex of, I need to eat less and move more to lose weight. But while if we're looking at it from a black and white perspective, that's true. It's also not true. We have to be strategic about it because if we are under fueling at the wrong times, we are more likely to either A, overfuel on low quality foods later in the day or maybe later in the week. We're also less likely to stay consistent with a workout regimen or lifestyle change or healthy eating plan because of burnout. So if you're constantly restricting your food, you're going to get really sick of that really fast. A lot of other things physiologically happen in your body. I go in detail on those in other podcast episodes, but essentially you start to feel really hungry. Your metabolism starts to slow down and you start feeling the urge to compulsively eat. And that's because of survival. So it's harder to stay consistent with a healthy caloric deficit to lose weight when you are under fueling around workouts because your body's burning all this energy and you're not giving it enough to sustain just everyday living. Because guess what? Even me just sitting here on my butt, talking to you in a microphone is burning calories. It's burning energy. Breathing, talking, blinking, digesting, all the things, they burn calories. So you need to be eating enough during the day just to live. And if you're throwing a high intensity workout on there or any kind of exercise for that matter, your body is going to demand more energy. So it's this beautiful art balance dance, whatever you want to call it, when it comes to achieving any kind of goal while you're exercising. Because depending on your goal, whether that's to change your body composition if it's losing fat and gaining muscle, or if it's purely gaining mass, or if you are trying to lean up, as the gals say, I always hear girls say they want to tone up, your nutrition is going to be a huge influential factor on your success, your ability to keep going. And might I mention, might I mention, guys, can I even speak? Might I mention your ability to avoid injury and fatigue? If you're not giving yourself enough energy, you're going to run out of energy and you are more at risk for fractures, joint pain, soreness. None of those things are very fun. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about pre-workout nutrition, what you should be eating before a workout, what you should avoid before a workout, and some tips about timing, when you should eat before a workout or if you should at all. And then in a following episode, I am going to share with you tips about what to eat after a workout, some post-workout nutrition information. But before I get into this, I want to kind of tell you guys about what the DAP program is. You know that thing I just mentioned that my two clients, my, my inspos, my muses for today's episode, what they are doing? So DAP stands for the Daily Accountability Program. 
And at Nutrition Awareness, we have several different coaching options where we meet with clients one-on-one, or if it's a couple, we meet with the couples or the families, and we help them figure out exactly what they need to be changing to their lifestyle and their nutrition to reach the goals that they are trying to achieve. We help them do that in a very personalized way. Now, traditionally, we've always had people come into the office or we'd have FaceTime initial consultations and follow-ups scheduled throughout the following months. So every two to four weeks, we would meet again, have a call or a meeting for 30 minutes. And then we decided, okay, there are some people who just thrive on that type of structure. They don't need as much uh, support, I suppose. But then we've got those people that were reaching out to us via email daily. They were constantly checking in. And we figured, we're like, well, there's two different types of people here. There's people that just need some support and some weekly accountability. But then there's people who just want more and they want that motivation and they need that support to be drilled into their brain. That way, whenever they're done with their coaching programs with us, they don't need to be thinking about it every single day. It just becomes habitual. And the way you build a habit is through repetitions. So we figured let's create a program where we give these people daily accountability, help them put in the reps, no excuses, no opportunities to sway from their goals because we're going to be in their pockets as little virtual dietitians every day, making sure they stay consistent. And thus, ta-da, the DAP, the Daily Accountability Program, was born. Here's how it works. Each DAP cycle is 30 days. And at the beginning of these 30 days, we get on a call with you and we help figure out, okay, what do you need? What are you trying to achieve? What are you doing now? How's your lifestyle look? What kinds of foods and cravings do you struggle the most with? What's your exercise routine like? What do we need to really focus on to help you get from point A, where you are now, to point B, the ultimate end result? And then for the next 30 days, we are in your phone on the WhatsApp holding you accountable to these goals. And we're also answering questions and giving you motivation and support. Our clients each use the program a little bit differently, but overall, we get a message from you in the morning and you tell us your intention. You ask us questions, you plan out your meals, you say, this is what I'm gonna do. This is when I'm gonna do it. This is what I'm gonna eat. This is what I'm gonna meal prep. This is what I'm gonna get my workout in. And if you've got concerns or if there's something coming up in the day, like I have a few DAP clients right now who, well, they were on vacation. They just got back, both of them did, from July 4th festivities. And so helping them maintain a healthy balance and not going all out on vacation was a game changer for them. And it just took a few minutes on their part every day to check in, to be mindful and to plan. And what this does is it solidifies the wanted habit, this desired habit to plan and prep nutrition and health goals. And then we were there holding them accountable no excuses. And at night, they would just give us a little text, a little video update on how the day went. And the cycle continues for 30 days. It's awesome. It's so cool. And the reason I really like this program is because we get to know each other on a very personal level. Not so personal that you're sharing with me, you know, you know, your bowel movements, unless you want to. Sometimes that's pretty relevant. I don't know. Uh, But we get to know each other on a personal level. So I can really understand, oh, this is how Susie goes about her day. This is when she needs to 
eat a, a snack so she's not going eight hours without any nutrition and then binging on everything in her pantry. Or this is when Fred wants to get his workout in and here's how he needs to time his post-workout shake with his family dinner. And oh, so-and-so has allergies, but she's constantly going out to dinner and having to order plain boring meals and then she goes home and eats all of the things because she felt deprived. So we find all of these unique struggles and we help you problem solve. Now, if this sounds like a program that you need to get in on, I invite you to view our application for the daily accountability program and fill it out. We do have an application for this program because we're pretty selective about who we invite in the program. But if you're curious and if you think that this is a good program for you, you need to just fill it out. It takes five minutes, it's free, and it gives us a lot of information about you, which helps us determine if we are the right people to help you. And if the daily accountability program isn't the best fit, then we can share with you better coaching options that we provide at Nutrition Awareness that will help you reach your goals. So if you want more information, if you want some testimonials from our previous clients who have found success on the DAP program, the application can be found on our website. You go to www.orlandodietitian.com backslash coaching and you just scroll to the bottom of that page. You can look at our little photos and, you know, read about our, our philosophy. I highly recommend you read it because not to be bias or anything, but I think our philosophy is pretty dope. And then you go to the bottom, you find the DAP application form, you just click apply here, you'll read some testimonials, answer some questions. And if you have questions about the DAP program, there's a little bit of a section at the bottom of the application where you can ask any question you got about the program. You can ask about what the expectations, what kind of commitment level it takes, the cost, and then one of us, either Megan or I, will reach out to you personally on the free WhatsApp pl platform with a video, either inviting you to continue the application pro process and get started, or directing you to a better coaching plan that fits your needs. So if you want to apply, or even if you're just thinking about it, like you're not really sure if this is the right program or not, just apply anyway. I'm going to link it in the show notes below, but it's Orlando Dietitian dot com backslash coaching. Grab a pen right now. I'm going to tell you how to spell dietitian because nobody seems to know how to spell it. It's D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. And this might be a little crude, but you can remember it because it has the word tit in it. There's no C in dietitian. All right. Okay. Let's get into today's information all about pre-workout nutrition. Remember when I said I need you to think about yourself as an athlete throughout this podcast? Well, don't forget it, because <laughs> I'm going to refer to anybody who's doing an exercise program as an athlete. And just to kind of revert back to common sense, we know that different athletes, depending on their sport, are going to have specific and different needs. So these are going to be general recommendations. And throughout the podcast, I'm going to try to specify to workouts that I know a lot of my clients are really into and what they need. That's going to be resistance and strength training, CrossFit, Orange Theory type workouts, and circuit training, as well as some running. But just so you know, I'm going to refer to you as an athlete. And I want to start out with a little game here. And it's called Which Athlete Are You? Okay, so it's a little game and I'm going to give you a little test after I describe two different types of athletes. 
So let's say you, the athlete, you go and get your workout in at three o'clock every day. After you leave the office, when you have a break from work, you work out at three o'clock and you go to a group fitness class. So does your coworker. That's going to be athlete number one. Your coworker is athlete number one. And you are athlete number two. And you guys go to this group workout together. So it's three o'clock. You are leaving the office and you are headed to your workout. Athlete number one, your coworker for lunch had McDonald's. And at McDonald's, she had a double cheeseburger, a large fry, and a Coke. You had a turkey sandwich, a small bowl of fruit, and a water. So this was at 12.30. So it's been about two and a half hours since you guys had lunch. Now, let's take this little test here. Athlete number one or athlete number two will experience which of the following? Who is going to have more energy the second half of the workout? The answer is athlete number two, that's you. You are going to have more energy because you gave yourself a balance of carbohydrates, protein, and healthy fuel. Who is going to have large amounts of fat in their digestive system during the game? Athlete number one is going to have more fat because she had a bunch of greasy McDonald's fries and burgers. And we're gonna talk a little bit about how fat influences performance during a workout or a game or exercise. Who is going to feel more dehydrated and sluggish? That's easy, athlete number one, right? Who feels great after McDonald's and fries? Nobody, sociopaths or people who are really unaware. Who is more likely to get cramps before, during, and after the workout? Number one. <laughs> Who is going to have more energy and recover quicker the next day and feel more energized to do another workout or get some more activity in? Athlete number two, it's you. You're going to feel so much better. You're not going to have as much muscle fatigue because you had a healthy fueling lunch. Who has planned poorly and has no real sports, athletic, or nutrition goals. The girl who went to McDonald's, of course. <laughs> so I did that little test just to kind of bring some awareness and it might seem kind of silly to some of you, but the reason I bring that test up is because what you eat hours before a game or before a workout or before exercise is going to impact how you get through that workout, how you feel before the workout, after the workout, and how you feel the next day. Because if you aren't giving yourself the best sources of fuel, you're gonna burn out and it's gonna be harder to get another workout in the next day. And we also know that nutrition impacts how our body is composed. Meaning if we are trying to put on muscle, but we're not giving our body the proper building blocks, the proper nutrition to build said muscle, it's going to be a much longer, grueling, and less satisfying process. So I'm going to give you guys today seven tips for a great pre-workout meal. And then we're going to talk a little bit about snacks in case you are going too long between meals and exercise. 
So my first tip for you is to stick to a meal or type of foods that you know works. So if you are doing a workout on Orange Theory Day, let's say it's Wednesday and you do Orange Theory on Wednesday at three o'clock, and for lunch, you have the option of doing that turkey sandwich with lean deli turkey, some avocado on whole grain bread with your side of fruit and your water, and that feels really good in your system, but Susie from HR is having a birthday and everybody ordered pizza. That might not be the best day to experiment with eating pizza before a workout because like the other, your coworker, the other person who had McDonald's and french fries, that pizza is full of grease and it's full of fat and that might upset your stomach, especially if you're going to do a high intensity workout where you're jumping around and things are moving around in your system the whole time you may experience a completely different type of workout. Your performance is likely to suffer and you're just going to feel physically uncomfortable. So I do not recommend experimenting with new foods. Instead, on days where you're doing intense exercise or you're working out, just stick to what works. You can never be really sure how your stomach is going to react to new foods when you combine them in exercise or just new foods you've never had in general. So maybe you don't usually eat Thai food and you go out for Thai food on that exercise day. Well, when we hit that mid-afternoon, if you had a bunch of spicy things and new sauces and foods that your system's not used to, and maybe you've got some cramping and some gas, you might feel less motivated to get a workout in. You might feel like going home and curling up on the couch. You know what I'm saying? And that's not going to get you closer to feeling like the best version of you. The second tip. And this should go without saying, but it doesn't. (laughs) Avoid soft drinks and candy before a workout. Now, I don't want to say sugar is your enemy. I don't want to say soda is your enemy. But there's no nutrition in those foods, and they do not provide a long-term fuel source. So when we think of food, I do like to think of food as fuel when we're talking about athletes or honestly, anyone. I mean, there are a lot of purposes that food serves other than fuel. But at the end of the day, if we're looking at it from a physiological point of view, it is fuel. And there is better fuel than other fuel. I mean, if you want to think about a car, you see that there is premium gas versus the standard gas. And if you are a premium luxury vehicle, if you are a Ferrari, you're going to be putting high quality fuel in your tank. And if you are an athlete, just think about the athletes on professional sports teams or Olympic gold medal winners. They are premium cars. They have premium tanks and need premium fuel. Okay, why not think of yourself the same way? Those people, just because their sports, their life, they do not deserve better fuel than you do. You deserve just as high quality nutrition as anybody does, as Michael Phelps does, okay? So treat yourself like a high quality luxury vehicle and give yourself better fuel. And at the end of the day, soft drinks and candy and potato chips do not provide quality fuel. Sugar crashes are a real thing and they can occur during your workout or even worse, right before your workout, if you are consuming them too close to workout time. And if you're feeling a crash in the middle of the day when you're supposed to get a workout in, you are going to be more likely to, again, skip it entirely or suffer through and have a miserable time. 
Not to mention, sugar can also cause a buildup of gas within your digestive system, and that can cause cramping. So avoid the sweet candies, the refined chips, and the soft drinks. Now, let's say that you are working out first thing in the morning, and you don't eat before your workout typically, or you maybe, let me backtrack, you're not tempted by soda and candy at 6 a.m. You want to put a high-quality, quick-digesting source of fuel in your tank to help you get through the workout and prevent getting something called hypoglycemia or low blood sugars, which can also result in that crash, that fatigue feeling. And for sometimes people, it can cause overeating later in the day, overeating low-quality sources of fuel because their body experienced that prolonged low blood sugar. So if you are getting up at 5 in the morning and your workout's before a meal, maybe you don't have the stomach capacity or the desire to eat a whole meal, I would recommend eating a quick digesting carbohydrate as fuel. So something as simple as a piece of fruit or a piece of toast or a small little cup of oatmeal, something to get you through your exercise routine and help prevent that burnout or that crashing feeling. Now, I'd also recommend pairing it with a little bit of protein for some staying power. We'll talk about protein and what you need in tip number seven, but you don't need to have a whole lot of protein because, spoiler alert, it's not the best source of energy. But you know what is? Carbohydrates. So that leads me to tip number three. Carbohydrates are fuel. They are our body's favorite source of fuel. And I don't care if you're trying to lose weight or bulk up. You need carbohydrates, all right? Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, but I'm on keto. Okay, that is a whole different ballgame. I'm not going to talk about the ketogenic diet in this podcast because, to be honest, most people don't need to be on a ketogenic diet, at least not the people I'm talking to today, the people who are doing consistent exercise routines that are high intensity. I would not normally recommend the ketogenic diet for those people, but I will just say disclaimer, I do have a few clients on keto right now who work out regularly. Um, The intensity of their workouts is definitely a little bit different for these people. But for 99% of listeners, you need carbohydrates as fuel. When you ingest carbohydrates, your body readily uses them or stores them for energy. They are long-lasting energy sources. They're quickly converted into energy. And if they're not being used for energy right at that moment, they are going to be stored in our liver and our muscles to be pulled from for energy later when our body needs it. So the best sources of carbohydrates are not going to be coming from candy and soda and potato chips and Pop-Tarts and Oreos, okay? Yes, those things are all high in carbohydrates, but again, those are low-quality fuels, You're going to want to go with whole food, natural sources of carbohydrates. So some of the best sources are going to include sweet potatoes, brown rice, sprouted grain breads, fruit, starchy vegetables like beans. Not too many, though, because there is a lot of fiber in beans. Let's be honest, that might cause some some gas. Um, Oats, butternut squash, all the things. So choosing high quality carbohydrates to give you good fuel. So let's say your workout again is, let's say, let's let's change it up. You eat breakfast every day at eight o'clock and your workout is on your lunch break at 1130. Well, at breakfast, I would recommend that you have a good source 
of carbohydrates to provide you fuel when you do work out later in the day. So having some oatmeal with berries paired with a protein source and a little bit of fat for staying power is a good go-to option. Of course, there's many different things you can mix up for breakfast, but that's just an example. And then let's say you eat breakfast at eight o'clock, a few hours go by and you're getting ready for your workout. Having a quick source of fuel right before your workout to get you through like a small piece of fruit is a great option because you've got these carbohydrates that you had earlier in the day already stored in your muscle glycogen, ready to go, ready, ready to be pulled from as you need it. And then you gave yourself a quick little extra boost with a small quick digesting source of simple fuel right before your workout to make sure that your energy levels stay high and that you don't crash and burn out during your workout. Now I can already hear some of you guys thinking, wait, if I'm trying to lose weight, I don't want to be eating more calories that I'm about to burn off. Doesn't that just ruin the point? Why, why even work out if I'm going to eat the calories? Here's why. One, you, when you're working out and you're exercising, those carbohydrates that you're eating are going to be burned more efficiently than any other time in the day. When you work out, your body undergoes stress. And when your body undergoes stress, it secretes insulin. Insulin is a hormone that takes carbohydrates from our blood, takes that glucose from our blood, and shuttles it into cells to be quickly utilized for all the amazing things that carbohydrates do for our body. In this context, we'll talk about energy. So your body is in a prime position before, during, and after workouts to use these carbohydrates up. This is also going to keep your blood sugars steady and keep them from crashing. When our blood sugars get too low for too long, that's when we start having that hangry feeling or that compulsive urge to binge eat and overeat later in the night. So I had this conversation with a DAP client that we're working through right now because she's so conditioned to not wanting to eat before workouts. But every night she's eating a ton of sugar and she's eating a bunch of crap <laughs> because she's starving and she's hungry. But on the days where she mindfully plans a quick digesting source of carbohydrate before her workout. It's nothing big. She just has a small piece of toast with peanut butter on it. And then she eats a balanced breakfast afterwards with carbohydrates and a balanced lunch and a snack and a dinner. She doesn't have sugar cravings at night because she let her body know it was taken care of and she kept her blood sugar steady. So she doesn't have that decline in energy and that drop. So I'm telling you guys, it might seem a little bit counterintuitive to be eating before and after a workout because you think that you're burning calories during your workout and you're canceling all of your progress by eating, but it's way more complex than that. If you are consistently doing high intensity or rigorous or long duration workouts, I mean, that includes 90 minute walks, then I would recommend that you try adding some fuel before your workout and see if that changes your results. See if that changes your cravings, your desires for sweets, or hunger later in the day. And if you're doubting me and what you're doing right now, which is maybe not eating before a workout, isn't working, then that's a big red flag that you should try something else. And if you don't really know how to do this, apply for DAP. <laughs> Shameless plug. Okay, tip number four is the timing. The timing of eating. It takes about three to four hours, depending on your metabolism, for your stomach to empty 
quality food. Therefore, if you are consuming large meals, it's important to do so about three to four hours before your workout. If you go longer than three to four hours before your workout, that's when you're gonna wanna have a snack about one hour before your game or your exercise routine or your group class, whatever it is. So an example would be with that lunchtime warrior, the guy who works out during lunch, right? If you eat breakfast at eight and you work out at 11.30, you might just need a little tiny snack to get you through that workout. You don't need to be eating lunch and then going through a workout because you might feel a little bit heavy and full while all of that energy is going to your digestive system to break down the meal that you just ate. So giving yourself some time. Now, let's say that you eat lunch at 11 o'clock and you work out at 12, 12.30. Well, you don't need to have another snack because your body has already started the digestive process and you've still got quick energy. Now, let's say you ate lunch at 11 o'clock and you don't go work out until 5 o'clock. Well, you're definitely going to want to have a snack around four o'clock, maybe as you're leaving the office or getting ready to go to your workout or the gym. That way your body has fuel because if you haven't eaten in over four hours, your tank is empty and you need to give yourself a little something, something. Again, if you are somebody who's working out first thing in the morning, have a little something, something to make sure your body has fuel and make sure you're eating a balanced dinner. Make sure you're getting good quality carbohydrates the night before. That way your muscles are soaked with yummy, delicious carbohydrates ready to burn it off in your morning workout. Number five, tip number five is all about fluids. Oh man, hydration, baby. Why is it the least sexy topic of all time? I don't know if it's just me, but I have like this thing about talking about water. I'm like, why don't people just stay hydrated? But it is such a struggle for people who aren't used to it. And I'm telling you right off the bat, if you have trouble getting water in, if you are having difficulty staying hydrated, that needs to be moved up to the top of your priority list because it's a game changer. And that is because 60% of your body is made out of water. And if you're not constantly replenishing it with proper fluids, you're going to feel dehydrated. You're going to have hormonal shifts. It's just, oh, everything goes wrong. So make sure you are consuming plenty of water during the day to make sure that you are hydrated during your workout. However, not all fluids are created equal and depending on your goals and depending on your workouts, you're gonna have different hydration needs. So somebody who is a swimmer, I have a client who just finished up a package with me and she's going off to college in the fall to be a collegiate swimmer. And her needs are gonna be different than soccer mom Susie who's just trying to lose 10 pounds in her midsection and so she's on the elliptical for 60 minutes. Soccer mom Susie does not be not need to be drinking Gatorade. She does not need to be drinking any sports drinks. But my swimmer, she needs to be stopping during her workout after about 45 to 60 minutes after swimming to replenish her glucose stores, her glycogen stores with a sports drink with quick digesting carbohydrates and sugar. But soccer mom Susie does not need that because she's just on the elliptical cruising and grooving. She doesn't need to replenish her glycogen store. She's not burning as much energy. So for most people listening, unless your goals are to put on muscle and to do high performance athletic 
type sports. You don't need sports drinks. You don't need anything with added sugar. You don't need soda. Nobody really needs soda or frappuccino, mochaccino bullshit. Okay, you probably just need water or sparkling water, something like that. That being said, I would stay away from carbonated sparkling water about an hour or two before a workout because they can cause some bloating, maybe some cramps if you're really sensitive. So I would just say stick to water, stick to lemon water if you really hate the taste of water for some reason, or a flavored water that doesn't have any added sugar, artificial flavors, or carbonation. You wanna show up to your workout fully hydrated, and the way you do that is to drink water throughout the day before, the morning of, and of course, after. Now, if you are working out outside for longer than 45 to 60 minutes, you may need to replace electrolytes, and that is where a Gatorade or Propel or some electrolyte-infused beverage can be helpful. I have some people who take electrolyte tabs, especially my long-distance runners, Uh, And some people who actually put salt in their water and just sprinkle it in there. And that can really help replace those electrolytes that are lost through your sweat during workouts. But for most people, this isn't necessary. If you are unsure and you need specific recommendations for intra or pre-workout hydration, you need to reach out to Megan and I and set up a consultation to help you get a whole pre, intra, and post-nutrition plan for your specific sport. My number one tip to anybody though when it comes to hydration is to get yourself a water bottle and aim for at least 32 ounces before lunch and 32 ounces after and then drinking water consistently during exercise every five to 10 minutes taking a sip to make sure that you stay hydrated. Tip number six, before a workout you don't wanna be eating a really high fat meal. Fat takes a lot longer to digest than carbohydrates. That's why it's a great thing to eat if you want to stay full for a long time. So let's say that you have breakfast at eight, but you probably won't get to eat another meal until one o'clock and you won't have time to snack. Well, you need to make sure your breakfast has fat in it so you have some long lasting energy. We like to say that fat sends a little message, a little memo to your brain saying, brain, it's cool. You don't need to send me any signals to eat in the near future because I got you. I'm gonna take a while to digest. I'm gonna give you slow energy. But you can see how if you're about to bounce around, jump around, run around, that's not the best feeling. Go back to my test in the beginning with uh, your coworker. She had McDonald's. She's feeling greasy. She's feeling heavy and sluggish and slow. So you don't wanna be consuming high fat meals right before exercise because they're not gonna be broken down fast enough to be used as fuel. They just sit in your stomach longer. And if you're eating too much, they can trigger feelings of digestive distress. And again, decrease your performance and your ability to have a good workout overall. So really high fat foods, of course, are gonna be fried food, greasy food, processed meats, things that are really high in cheese and dairy. You might wanna make sure that if you're having anything like cheese or yogurt before workout that you're not eating too much in one sitting. Takes a little bit of trial and error. Some people swear by having Greek yogurt before workout. For me, sometimes it makes me feel a little bit, eh, that's something I'd rather have as a snack after workout. So you know your body best. It's just something to keep in mind. Okay, my seventh tip is my favorite tip. This is the final one. And that is to actually limit your protein intake before a workout. (gasps) 
Did she just say limit protein? I did. And that's probably the only time you're going to hear me say that. Unless you have renal disease, kidney disease, or some kind of protein condition that is unique. But overall, yeah, before a workout, you don't need tons of protein. And that is because protein is a very weak energy source. So carbs are the best source of energy. They're quickly converted for energy. Fats are good sources of energy, they just take a lot longer to digest. They're not the most readily converted. Protein is not a good energy source. It's only used for energy in rare cases when there's not enough carbohydrates or fats. However, protein is wonderful for building muscles. It's great to keep full for long. So if you consume a little bit before your exercise, it can actually aid in the recovery process after your workout is complete. It can possibly also help with muscle anabolism. The research shows that there's a lot of variances among people and individuals on how their body responds to protein in the in the case of muscle building or what we call anabolism. But overall, it's going to help support muscle maintenance and growth and recovery and prevent too much breakdown. However, you do not want to overindulge in protein before a workout because that is going to actually limit the carbohydrates that you need to properly fuel your body for your workout. So a good rule of thumb to keep in mind is for every three to four grams you have of carbohydrate, you only need about one gram of protein. A good example for a pre-workout snack that fits this ratio is actually chocolate milk. Chocolate milk actually makes for a really good post-workout. I would say if you're going to have a pre-workout chocolate milk, you want to keep it low-fat. That's also one of the only times you're going to hear me recommend low-fat or even chocolate milk at all. But from a strict nutrition perspective, chocolate milk has about a 3 to 1 ratio from carbs to protein, making it great for recovery and fuel. Now, do you need to be drinking chocolate milk all the time now? No, it depends on your goals, but it's a great option for someone who's looking to improve performance. If you're thinking about food, having a banana with a little bit of natural nut butter is also a decent option because if you don't go overboard on the peanut butter, you only get a little bit of fat and protein for that staying power and that anabolism, and then you're getting lots of good carbohydrates from the banana itself. So those are my seven biggest tips for pre-workout nutrition. Now, in terms of what you should be eating, it's going to depend on if you're having a meal, if you are having a snack, if you just need a little something-something to give you an extra boost. So one of my favorite things to always say to have if you're eating an hour before a workout is just a simple digesting carbohydrate a fruit that you know your body tolerates really well. So if you're someone who eats apples and feels a little bit distended, you probably don't wanna eat an apple right before a workout. You're gonna wanna go for a more easily digested fruit like a ripe banana or some berries, something that's gonna give you quick converting fuel without weighing you down. Now, if you're eating a meal before a workout, making sure you've got a healthy balance of quality carbohydrates, all of those healthy ones that I listed in tip number three, with a good source of protein. So in the post-workout episode, I'm going to talk a little bit more about protein and how to space it throughout the day to make sure you're getting enough to support proper protein muscle synthesis, which would be muscle growth throughout the day. So therefore, if you're having a meal before a workout, about 
two to four hours before your workout, making sure that you've got about 20 to 30 grams of high quality lean protein, and then enough fat to make sure that you stay full and have long lasting energy throughout the day. I hope you found this episode to be extremely insightful. I know it got specific with things. Um, If you feel confused, if any of these things leave you feeling more confused than when you first started listening, please let me know because I want to make sure that these episodes are actually giving you something tangible to work with and to chew on, pun intended. So send me a little DM on Instagram if you're feeling confused or if you want more information or if you just need a little bit of guidance to help you put all of this information in a tangible plant. Our Instagram is at nutrition.awareness. And if you already know that you need support with this, if you're like, yeah, I need someone to help me walk through this process. I need someone to help me figure out what to eat for breakfast, lunch, snacks, dinners, for my workout, to reach my goals. Go ahead and apply for DAP. I mean, that's what we do. We're registered dietitians. This is our bread and our butter, our grass-fed butter and on our sprouted grain bread, I should say, right? We gotta be real dietitians here. We're not eating cheap stuff. This is what we do. This is what we can help you accomplish. We can help you reach your goals in a sustainable way that fits your lifestyle and doesn't make you feel like you need to restrict a bunch of foods. We want to put the emphasis on what you should be eating more of and not so much what you should be eating less of. Because guess what? When you start eating more of the good stuff, you naturally just start eating less of the bad stuff, right? So go ahead and apply for DAP, orlandodietitian.com backslash coaching. That's where you can find our application at the little bottom of the page. We are getting applications for our August cycle right now, actually, which is wonderful. So we hope the next application that we get comes from you. All right, I'll catch you guys on the post-workout episode next week. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real, 